Welcome to Cooper Talk. I'm your host, Steve Cooper. And remember, I'm only as hip as my guest. And I have to tell you, people, I'm uh, flying out to see the lovely Joanne tomorrow. And it's it's, it's weird because it's going to be my last my last flight. I mean, if you guys have been listening to me throughout the last year and a half, I've been back there like at least once a month. And it's going to be odd. It's going to be odd actually sitting there not packing up, not leaving, and actually being able to stay in my place for good. But I'll miss the East Coast because, you know, I miss the uh, weather. And if you're back, if you're listening in back east, I will be at the... Marlton Comedy Cabaret, Friday night at 8 p.m. That's a right on Route 70. Call to make reservations. The show will sell out. And anyway, I have a, a good guest today. I've, I've known this gentleman for a while. He's like, you know, I met him at, at, at the bar, Gordon Beers, where I hang out at. And um, we started talking. It's funny. We started talking one night when Tim Martin Gleason was a past uh, guest. And then that's how we got to know Tim. But uh, he's, he's, he's getting a lot of stuff going. He has a great project. He just... Uh, did the kickstarting thing with which I actually I uh, I funded and a lot of people put money in because he's a good guy and the project looks good and I know I'm gonna screw up his name because I always screw it up but we have uh, Mr. Amar Darish Darisi Darisi <laughs> I knew that I always I, it's so funny because it's well it's it's the it's the bar culture because what happens yep. is you know you know me as Coop I know you as Amar sure. I never. There's no need for me ever use your last name. And like when you were talked about Maz Jabrani mm-hmm. when you were in a commercial right. with him, I'm sure there was no other guy named Omar in that Sprite commercial <laughs> with Maz. No, I th- and, and then you could also say the same thing about Maz. I don't think there have been any Mazes exactly laying around there. So yeah. So so now we were talking before you. Uh, you were born in Jordan. I was born in Jordan. Yes. Okay. And now you left when you were 32 days old, according to my mother. Now. <laughs> had your parents planned to leave already or did you did they plan to go and then they got pregnant and couldn't leave no, or? no 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 my father was already there he uh moved in 1967 and uh we were still in jordan so when i was born you know my father said let's go get the whole clan to come to america and that's when it happened so now you said he was in michigan michigan yeah that's where all the arabs go isn't it, isn't it, isn't it like dearborn is like they yeah. say like the top it's like it's like glendale armenians dearborn <laughs> but now why is that is it because is it do you, you is know there a certain reason you know i mean the only thing i could think of is that michigan was you know at the time um you know, you had General Motors, you had Ford, you had Chrysler, you had AMC. So there was a lot of work over there. And, you know, uh, people of all races really were trying to look for some kind of opportunity to make money. And this was a great place to do it. Yeah, but most of the times, the Middle Eastern are very smart. I mean, they're not going to get factory work. And <laughs> no, not that, no. not, I'm not making anything of factory workers, no. but that's the thing. It's like you talk to a lot of people like Maz or some other people I know who are performers who are Middle Eastern. Sure. Their parents are like, we wanted you to be an engineer or we wanted you to be a doctor. So it, it's just weird because I don't, when I think Detroit, I don't think a ethnicity uh sure. melting pot right 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 and and i think you know i don't think anybody knows that but dearborn like especially dearborn it was like probably the largest arab population outside the middle east i mean everybody went there and i you know i just started to say to myself it's like my dad goes we're going to leave this country let's go to michigan right <laughs> why of michigan of all places we come from the desert why are we going to the cold i know it's, it must be weird <laughs> I mean, it must be weird for your for your father to acclimate oh, at first oh yeah yeah at first it was terrible it's just terrible i mean i remember as a kid i never you know i mean all I know is America. I didn't know anything about Wait, You're 32. You're not going to remember shit from 32. I know exactly. Come on. Exactly. I'm like, okay, I got Google. You know? it's, it's like, you didn't even, even say that. You're just yeah. like, eh. I'm just like, eh. <laughs> so now when you were a kid. Yeah. Did you ever think that you would pursue acting where you were a performer as a kid? Was there arts around your house? Or how did, how did you parlay into it? Because a lot of times it's weird because, you know, my family got us into the arts. Right. And as a kid, I hated it. I hated really? going to this. Mm-hmm. Well, I hated going to like see the music when I'm like six when there's baseball on TV you know sure. I hated that but 
looking back, I, I'm so glad they did that. Mm-hmm. But now, so was your family? Was it was there a cult, or artistic culture? Well, you know, I think my family uh, encouraged us to pursue anything that we were interested in, and I think me, I was I was known as the entertainer of the family. In fact, uh, I would. As a little kid, I do remember, you know, doing a little dance number for my family, you know, my aunts and uncles and my cousins, and we do these little skits, and, you know, it was fun and all that stuff, but really, it all happened when I decided I wanted to be a part of this, is when I used to sneak in and watch Saturday Night Live uh, with my cousins uh, every Saturday. It was great because my parents didn't know what Saturday Night Live was, so, you know, we were starting watching that, and I'm like, wow, they're having so much fun. It's amazing. I mean, yeah. when you look back, it's so funny as, uh, so. well, this will air Wednesday, but as we taped today, today would have been Phil Hartman's 65th birthday, wow. who was just uh, uh, amazing. That yeah, guy was, I met him once, and he was the nicest, nicest gentleman. Wow. And, but it's weird to think he was in 65, and it just, how it changed. That cast, they sort of brought it back, because mm-hmm. when we were younger, it was great. Yeah. And like the Sandler's cast, they brought it back. But then there was a time where it was a little light. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, so you watch it, so did you know you wanted to get into comedy? Because you do some dramatic stuff, too, did you? Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I do a little bit of everything, and I think uh, you know, I think my forte is drama. Uh, drama but you know, comedy is. Uh, I guess some people tell me it's easy. You make it so funny. You should go out there and do this stuff. I'm like, I'm a funny guy. I'm not really a comedian. That's why I have such high respect for you and all comedian friends of mine. That you know, you got to go up on stage and you got to be on. You know, where yeah. I come on stage, it's prepared. Not saying that you guys are not prepared, but you know. You don't know what's going to happen, oh, yeah. whether your joke's going to fly or if it's going to fall flat or, you know. So, uh, yeah, I have the highest respect for you guys, totally. And um, acting was drama. Drama was the thing I did. Did and you do it in high school? Did you? Oh, yeah. So, mm-hmm. so in high school, so you, st- oh, you, got, yeah. you, got on the, you got on board early. I got on board when I was 12 years old. Okay, so that's yeah. junior high? Uh, it was junior high, okay. middle school. or high, So yeah. you, they, they had productions? And yeah, stuff like that. they had productions in middle school, and I did a comedy review, believe it or not. <laughs> so that's what it all started. And uh, my mom saw it she said okay he's going to be the the actor and do, all that stuff. do you remember the first play you did yeah 1891 music hall review was the name of the show and uh it was just a small little show and you know we did some you know uh what do they call it back in the day uh vaudeville kind okay. of stuff and blah 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 and we were just kids we were like you know 11 12 year old kids doing this for our uh, you know drama teacher in middle school and uh, I remember just after the show, how many people came up to me and said, you were adorable, you were great, you were this. And I just realized, wow, I mean, I had fun and people like me. I think I'm going to do this. <laughs> it's weird. It's, it's a first reaction when you have that. It's very weird because it's, it's something you're not used to. I mean, it's, it's a difference where... If you mess around with your friends or in the mm-hmm. playground and right. people laugh or in class, you make a joke. But this is when there's people who are like strangers, like kids' parents come up to you, you know, like right. when you get off. And it's just, it's a whole, it opens your eyes. I mean, I, I didn't start performing until I was in college. I didn't, I wow. mean, I never did any stage stuff. I played the trombone, I think, in like fourth grade. <laughs> but um, it's weird. So now, so now you, you, you're graduating high school. And yep. Now, now you, you went to DePaul? No. I went to University of Michigan, okay. uh, the Flint campus, uh, Flint, Michigan campus. And uh, theater, as theater, a major? yeah, theater major, and my parents were really terrified. I mean, they were terrified. Uh, oh my God, our son's going to go to acting school. Uh, you know, very competitive uh, profession, and you know, doesn't make a lot of money. You know, you know the whole story thing. Did they? Did they want you to go a different route? I mean, they, they, they sound very encouraging. Yes. But did they want? But did they want you to? Did they have something in the back in their mind going? Maybe, maybe get your degree in this, and then then do the acting <laughs> in case that doesn't. You know, or what was? What did they want you? Well, to do? I just remember. You know, I uh, my father uh, he got my transcripts, and they were really 
not the greatest grades in the planet and he was very furious and then finally he sat me down with my uncle and he said what do you want to do what do you want to do with my life and instantly i said acting that's what i want to do that's all i want to do and that's it and my dad looked at me just part of me he goes okay make me a deal you go and do acting but you must take another degree uh double major in the undergraduate and i said sure whatever you want computer science there you go. <laughs> so i have a degree in computer science as well <laughs> i didn't even know you were good at computers oh uh, you know i didn't know yeah i, right? I didn't know that so i, yeah. I didn't remember that yeah because because you're always actually about computers and stuff like that and it's like and I, I always i always expect you know be like okay but like, people who know computers sure, are like sure. are like well if you get the the chromebook like my wife the chromebook's only got 60 and i'm like dude it's 250 bucks i use it to tie I use it in the studio yeah. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not writing my manuscript that's why i have a desktop at yeah. home and, yeah uh, so okay so now you graduate college yeah i graduate college okay and you're doing productions in Flint. Yes. In it? Okay. Yep. Because there's no one in Flint anymore. So <laughs> now it's nobody awful. in Flint. Exactly. <laughs> and so then I know you ended up in Chicago, but did you, when you graduated, did you stay around Michigan for a little bit or did you just say, I have to get out of here and go to Chicago? Nope. I left immediately to Chicago, not even two months after graduation. I was gone. Now, had you been to Chicago before? Never. Did you know anybody there? No. <laughs> you had not even like any classmates were no going? No classmates, no That's family. Weird. You, no, think I they, just went. You, think, you think the classmates would have gone because Chicago is such a. That next, uh, very known for stage and improv. Well, yeah, I agree with you, but I think the students that were in my undergrad class, and you know, they're not here to defend themselves. But I mean, I, I wanted to pursue this. I think uh, I can't speak on the other behalf of the students, but I think they were doing it just for fun. I mean, because none of them are pursuing the career today. None of them are. Uh, maybe one is doing. I know a friend of mine that's working for Nickelodeon, who's an animator. He's not even doing acting at all. So. And I wanted to do it, and Chicago was the place to be, and I went. So you just went, and then did mm -hmm. you know any, did you know, like, because it's a lot different then, I mean, because now, if you want to move to a place, you can pop up in the internet, you know, sure. okay, this area, that, fine yep. rent. But back then, if you if you have no idea, and you don't know anyone there, you could just be, you could end up being in the crappiest neighborhood, and you wouldn't know, and you you have to actually, you would have to actually go physically to look at apartments. It's mm -hmm. not like, oh, okay, uh, West Side Reynolds out here. Right, so right. And there was no internet, uh, you know, at that time, uh, w the way it is today. But you're right. I went to Chicago. I just like dumb jumped into the deep end of the pool. Really, didn't know anybody. Had no family. Um, you know, I didn't even go to the campus for a tour. I just got accepted through the mail. I mean, I went there the audition. That was the one time. Wait, was that DePaul? Yeah. Now, so I did go once. Did they have a big acting school? Is yeah. Oh, okay, yeah. So. Oh, yeah. It used to be known as the Goodman School of Drama, which was a big deal back then. Was so was this like a master's program? Mm -hmm. yeah. Okay, so yep. so okay, so you were going, so you went for school, but did they didn't have campus housing? They did for but, undergrad, but not okay, for grad. Okay, so. so you go there and you, you go audition. <laughs> yep. And then you get in. I get in. Okay, now that must be sort of scary, too, because you're coming from, you know, in all honesty, nothing against the college you went sure. to, but you're coming from that to a very... People have to audition an accredited school. It must yes. be a little bit scary. It is very because I know Alex Scooby went there. Right? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> Alex Scooby, all oh, one of my one of my funny friends, and I wish I I haven't seen him in years. I'd love to see him. Yeah, are you friends with him on Facebook? Yeah. Oh, I should friend him then. Yeah. All right, I will do that. So, so you go. Scoob, so you yeah. go to DePaul, mm -hmm. and now when you go for your master's in acting, yep. What does that entail? What are the? I mean, because you know, do you only take acting classes or do you take do you have to take some other like the business of acting or anything like that well, or? no good question uh, basically it's a three-year program and basically the first year is basically like intro to acting intro to graduate acting you should say and you go into uh not just that but voice and movement uh dance 
just you know the intro stuff and so then it's everything you're covering the whole you're round the whole that. gambit the whole gambit okay. all right but it's all entry entry level for graduate students and then the second year it's really in depth you start you start they we we take shakespeare we go into george bernard shaw we go into all these playwrights and we start dissecting their plays and and you know what did they mean when they said this and what did they mean when when he said that and blah and it's intense it is intense and then we go into costumes we have to make our own costumes okay. we have to do all this stuff so it's a very thorough very intense program i'm glad i did it it taught me a lot about who i am i thought i was an actor after undergrad school and i'm like i was so green what so green what was the retention rate did a lot of people leave or did most people yeah, ride yeah, it out well yeah oh yeah there was uh what they called the cut Okay. So, like, even though you were accepted, you were on probation for a year. And you had to reach a certain parameter within the first year. And if you did not, you were, you were removed from the program. So you had that, plus doing shows, plus taking classes. You had a lot of pressure. And, you know, I'm a, I was 23 when I, when I started there. And I'm like, that's a lot of pressure for a 23-year-old, right. you know. But I made the cut. I was the only Middle Eastern actor there. Um, that may have helped, too. Yeah, yeah. They never had a Middle Eastern actor in their program, ever. Okay. Uh, so it's like I'm the first actor, so I guess I broke a... <laughs> uh, That's good, though. Yeah, so so you're, you're, yeah. you're, that, he has a plaque on the wall. Yeah. <laughs> the first Middle Eastern actor. And then there's a first Polish actor. Yeah, there's exactly. A first, it's, it's, it's the popular... It's, it's the ethnicity wall. The first Jewish actor. That was in the school open. So, it was, you know. But so... Okay, so you so you do there and now you graduate. Yeah. And now what do you what is when you graduate, yeah, what is in your mind frame right now? Because one, you just went through this extensive training right. and you can't just sit there and go, I can't screw around. Right. But then again, you know you're not gonna walk out and just get a job acting. No, 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 no. As soon as I graduated, well, I was twenty six when I graduated and immediately I started getting I started doing stage shows and I started, you know, just get myself out there, auditioning like crazy. And then it just it just happened like maybe two or three months after graduation. TV shows started coming to Chicago. I, I guess there was a show called Early Edition, if you're familiar with that. I like the Early Edition. Yes, I was in the first episode. Okay. <laughs> now, that's funny, because if, if people don't know, it was actually, if people don't know, the guy would get, the, the Kyle Chandler would get a newspaper, right. and he'd open it up, and then all of a sudden, he would have to get make sure that that event happened. So he had to change the path of stuff. Yeah, this, he was getting the news the day Because this cat yeah. would always show up on the yeah. porch. There was this damn cat. <laughs> and it's funny because I think Scooby said the same thing. I think he got cast in an yep. audition. So when they came out, now what was that? Was that your first big audition? My first big audition? First, okay, now you're doing stage. Your first thing for screen yes. or anything? Yes, oh yeah, so very first TV show. You're probably show. terrified. Absolutely, but I had a great uh, casting director. Uh, her name is Jane Alderman, and she's since retired, but uh, she taught us audition in grad school. So we got to know her a little bit, and she was great, and she took me under her wing and, you know, taught me about how to audition, how to do this, and, you know, you're such a unique look anyways and all that stuff. So when early edition came in, she called my agent right away and, and said, come on down and, you know, do this. Don't worry about it. Don't worry about the lines. I just want you to be you. And, you know, I went in and did it, and got cast in my first TV show. It was fantastic. Now, did you have lines? Yeah, I had lines. So yeah. did you? Did you get a side card off that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, See, yeah. that's that's pretty. You know, I think yeah. you know what's weird. I think I don't. I don't. The difference is, I, and now I think TV production. I don't think they shoot as much in Chicago, but a lot of movies shoot in like Atlanta and stuff mm -hmm. like that. I think sometimes if for the actors who want to get like their side card, I think now it might be you know even easier if you 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 kick around a city that has 
productions for like a year or two, mm-hmm. it's probably easier to get a part. They're going to use someone local instead of sending someone up from you know, in, like from LA. Absolutely, there. So, so you get the early edition. So yep. you get your side card. Yep. And now it's your first screen mm-hmm. attempt, and you already have a side card. Right. Which is if people don't know, people side cards can take a long time for some people to get, mm. and it's just so you get that. So yep. you're in Chicago. That show goes well. Yes. And so then, then where do you go from there? Do you do you have other auditions coming up? Yeah. Well, did you get a little cocky? Well, no, no. <laughs> everyone gets cocky. No, you get your first role. You think this is it. I'm- I was terrified. I was terrified that I get this part and that was it. My acting career was over. Believe me, that's how ignorant I was because I thought, oh, I did this show. Now what? Now what do I do? You know what? You know, no one's. You know, telling me what to do, but I was excited. I was excited that I my first TV show. I saw myself on TV. Yeah, I get to tell all my family about it. But you know, I just I didn't know what to do next. And then again, another movie came into the town called U.S. Marshals with, with Tommy uh, Lee Jones. Okay, now you but then you had an agent. I had an agent, and I went in. Same casting director, Jane Alderman, and she uh, said the same thing to you: just go in there, be yourself, and you know, throw in some Arabic in there. They love that stuff. That's what she told me. She just throws hey. some Arabic lines in there. They love that. Well, stuff. you know what's funny? What year is this? Uh, this was 1996. Okay. Well, back then, and I'll be honest, the Middle Eastern it wasn't. You didn't see a lot of Middle Easterns on TV, mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. it's different. And if you did, they played the stereotypical, you know, role, and, exactly. and they still do though. I mean, that's yeah. that's what's sad about. That's what's sad. I mean, it's unfortunate. You know, yeah. But no. But so for them, back then, the casting director was probably like, "Wow, you know, this guy's and you're classically trained." And, sure. and they, I think, and you were the first, as you said, Middle Eastern to graduate to Paul. So right. I think they probably had a mind frame. And then they see where you, what you've done, and they go, "Oh, this guy's really good chops." Yeah, yeah. And then you know they like this guy. And in fact, you know there was like forty people in the audition room auditioning for the same part, and the part was a drugstore clerk. I mean, it wasn't even something huge. It was just a, a couple lines here and there, and that was it. You know, but you you sit you sit down. I'm sitting in the audition room, and there's forty people going for the same part, and I'm like, "Wow," you know. And as a twenty six year old, twenty seven year old at the time, I'm like. Man, that's what scared me, I think, more than anything. is like, this is the way my life is going to be. <laughs> well, it's the audition you know? process. It is the audition process. So um, after that, I decided, you know, I think I need to give L.A. a chance. And, but did, uh, did you get U.S. Marshals? I did. I booked now, it. Did you, have to, did you get a call back or did you book nope. you right off the bat? They booked me right away. So then now you have a TV show and a, and a movie. And so you figure, so that's when you decide you're going to move to L.A. Yeah. Uh, now, at what point did you meet your wife? Uh, I was dating... Uh, a, a young girl and her name was Alicia and she uh, was friends with my current wife and they were college buddies and that's how I met her now I did not do anything <laughs> or uh, you know I just I you know I just you know I met her that's how I met her first time and, and she was into acting too right she was at one point and uh, then she went into stage management and then she worked as a stage manager for about 15 years with Steppenwolf Goodman School I'm not school at the theater so but, uh, okay, yeah, but now, but now she worked for all the time. But now, mm-hmm. when when did you leave? How long ago did you move to LA? Oh, I moved in LA in two thousand. Okay, so uh, nineteen ninety nine to be. So after U.S. Marshals, mm-hmm. was there anything else going on in Chicago? Were no, I just went back to doing plays and doing shows and stuff like that. And then you know, I just said, I you know, I was watching TV and I'm like, I can do that. I can do that. I can do that. I just you know, I'm in the wrong city. I'm in the wrong city. Nothing's happening in Chicago. My agent wasn't sending me out for anything. There's nothing to be sent out for. You know, so. I decided, you know what, I'm going to I'm going to L.A. and give it a shot. Now, had you been to L.A. before? Never. Okay, same. Like a lot of people, but it's a lot. I mean, but now you already have been to one city where you didn't know, so you had that under your belt. Yeah. And the internet's probably growing by then. Yes, yes, it was. So mm-hmm. when you you decide to come to L.A. Mm-hmm. Now, what do your parents say to that? 
they were terrified again. <laughs> they think I was running away from them. You know, at one point they said Chicago was one thing because they were still in Michigan. Right. And here I am going to LA and it's like, well, what, what did we do to you? And it's like nothing, nothing. I just need to pursue this career. And, you know, I, it, they didn't like the fact that I was very far away from them. And that's a culture thing, actually. I'm, to my parents, are good. Go. Yeah. Go across the country. We don't care. Steven, who's this on the phone? I don't worry about it. So, okay, so you move out. Now, yep. does Karen move with you? Yes, Okay. Does. Now, but does now she... Is that how long were you guys together before? We were you moved just out? together for six months. We were dating for six months. And then you moved out. And then we moved out. She that, said yes. <laughs> okay, well, that, no, that's, that's sort of, that's, that's, you know, it's probably because, well, I think you guys got along. And then the only thing that's scary is, I mean, when you're that short of time, yeah. if, if you come, if, if you guys both come out, it doesn't work out, then oh, you're yeah. going to look like the dick. Oh, yeah. Even, even if she was like the meanest person in the world, they're going to blame you. <laughs> yes, I mean, they're going to blame like me. If, if Joanne comes out <laughs> and has a breakdown and moves back east, everyone's going to say, I ran her out of town. <laughs> but I told her, I told Joanne she has a 90 day probation. <laughs> So, so she knows when she comes out, she has, if she screws up in three months, she's back. I said, you still own your condo. Uh -huh. You know, you have to stay. Your, your niece left for college. You can stay in her room until the people renting your place at least runs out. Okay. You don't that's, see, that's there like, you go. That's what I figured out. <laughs> I wish I had that. No, I'm just joking. But no, so she know. moved. So you guys move out now, yeah. now not knowing LA, mm -hmm. where did you choose to live? Uh, we, well, here, fortunately we did know somebody in LA. Okay. Actually, we knew someone in Glendale, a comedian friend of mine, Brian McCree. Very funny guy, and uh, he was so kind enough to put me up uh, in his place while I found a place to live. K Karen, I call her KK, uh, KK was already booked a job in Phoenix at the Phoenix Theater stage managing that show. So she was working in Phoenix. She and had a place there. there. So it, it bought me enough time for me to look for a place for us to live, and which we did. We ended up staying in Glendale because... You know, when you know some people there, you want to hang on to them so that until you. Well, yeah, yeah I think you know. it's 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 a sense of neighborhood, and I think you uh -huh. need that. It's like it's uh it's like Burbank. You know, Burbank mm -hmm. is like a neighborhood. I mean, you know everyone. I mean, you go out and you go, hey, you know, you know the bar, right, right. that, and it just makes it easier. And that's like with with Joanne moving out, it makes it easier because she's met all you people already. Because mm -hmm. that's would be scarier. You know, she's leaving her family. I mean, sure. she wants to get out. Mm -hmm. You know, she wants to spend time with me, but who wouldn't? You know? <laughs> but, so so you come to L.A. So right. now it's sort of like you're starting over though when you get to L.A. Right? Because yes. Even though you have the credits out there. What I've gotten from actors who come from different places and have credits and different things, LA doesn't give a crap. LA does not give a They're crap. Like, about you have a side card, big yeah. deal. This yeah. people's this, and you yeah. you can do theater. LA is not known for theater. Yeah, and so it, no, it was. They looked at my resume and they go, okay, they see all these theater credits, but they only they only saw two, one TV, one film, and you know this is a film town. They're like, oh, come back later, or you know, we'll, don't call us, we'll call you, kind of thing, but. Uh, I was very fortunate to meet my agent, uh, Steve Stevens of the Stevens Group. and Which, ironically, I've told him this for uh, when I moved here 13 years ago, I think 12 years ago, they were my agent. Oh, really? Right before the, <laughs> right before the strike. Yeah. And then oh. I stopped pursuing acting, but yeah. uh, it was just weird, you know, because they, they used to have a little place right on a... When you go down Olive and you make a back then you make a right, I guess that's Ventura. If you go mm -hmm. left, it's Bar Barham. Yeah, Barham, and there's an yep. office building right there. Yep. And I met with the son, Steve. Steve's Jr. Yeah, uh, they used to be there, and now they're on. Uh, they're in Sherman Oaks now, but uh, yeah, I know exactly where that building was. But um, Steve Stevens Sr. I call him Steven, and I'm probably the only one that calls him that. At least that's what he told me. But anyway, uh, he took a chance with me again. Uh, like Jane Alderman, he saw what he saw. I, I had to audition for him. We had to do a scene, and uh, he just said, "You know, I've been in this business for 35 years. You have something. I'm going to sign you." He signed me right there in the spot. He was in. Uh, he was in that movie. Um, the the um, not Borat. The one after that. Where he plays the model, where uh, okay. Sasha Baron Cohen plays the uh, model. Oh, uh, uh, Bruno? Is that yeah, the, and he's uh, trying to get an agent, and he goes into Steve Stevens' office. 
And it's so funny. And he's sitting there in the office, and it's like, and I was like, oh my god, it's just I weird. It's like, and some people probably think that's all set up, but it's not. No, no, not at all. So you sign with Steve. Yep. Now, do you start? Do you start taking acting classes out here, or do you say? Because you have your master, mm-hmm. so do you honestly really need an acting class? I don't. I don't. You know, I think an actor, and I'm, I'm sure you heard this before. Actors are like athletes. You gotta, you gotta, you know, practice, practice, practice. You gotta practice your 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 craft, and that's what I that's what I did. I I didn't take acting classes per se. I just took workshops okay. where I did scenes, did monologues. Uh, in fact, I booked my first gig in L.A. from a workshop. Now, how does it work? How do people find workshops? It's like, is there is there a a listing or can anyone get into them Absolutely. or what is what is that how does that work oh what they do is there there's a bookstore called samuel french bookstore if everyone's familiar with that uh, there they have like books that are listing of all acting workshops classes agents managers casting directors you name it they have it and you just you just look through it now i found my workshop through a friend of mine friend actor friend of mine says hey i'm, I'm taking this workshop why don't you come with me and that's how i found out so really word of mouth really now, do it? they still make the uh what was it called? The backstage. Wait, what was yes, it? Yes, backstage West. Did yeah. they still make that? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, because yeah. oh, it's probably mostly online now, though. Mostly it's online, but you can still get a hard okay. copy of it. Yeah. So mm-hmm. you get out here. Yep. And you're you're a babe in the woods, basically, babe in the woods, <laughs> and you're living in Glendale, and you don't know any. You know one guy. One guy. And uh, you're Middle Eastern, not Armenian, so they're <laughs> no, mad. At you. They're mad at you. <laughs> They go, wait a second. And you're like, hey, man, come on. We're much cooler than you. And they go, my friend, really? And they go, yeah, ask anybody. And someone tries to like, who's cooler, Middle Easterns or uh, Armenians? Pfft, Middle Easterns, hand down. No, it's not even a contest. I mean, not even a contest. So, so you're here, and, and you... You're taking workshops. Yep. You're probably you're probably um, meeting different actors. You know, because yeah. it's like anything. You meet someone, and there's a camaraderie. I mean, if sure. you meet that certain core. So you're doing this. And what was your first audition out here for, like, a t- commercial or TV? What did Steve send you out for your first audition? My, my first audition was for a TV show. Um, it was uh, Seth Rogen was in it. Uh, I forget. Freaks and Geeks? I, Freaks and Geeks. Okay. That was my, I played a Russian janitor. Of some sort, it was a co-starring role, but it was a nice scene. That was the very first audition. I went but you didn't on. get it. Nope, nope. You're still new too. I was it? still new, but he wanted to get me out there. But I booked my first movie on my own. Well, did, but, 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 but the audition did that frustrate you? Did it? I mean, because you know, I mean, you're new in LA, right. and you had such luck in Chicago booking mm-hmm. your first thing. Right. So that still has, has to be in your head, and you and you had the stage, and you know. But was it frustrating? Because I think a lot of times, because you're new here, and you're probably so excited, and you're probably so nervous, mm-hmm. and you probably going holy crap you get in there and i just remember walking in there and i was sweating bullets yes i was nervous but i was excited my first audition in los angeles i wanted to book it just so i could say that i booked something in la and uh, in fact the casting director liked what i did it just you know it just didn't work out the cards weren't you know cards weren't there so no the movie what would you say you got your own first yeah movie? i was doing a workshop and uh the the casting director was there and she was talking about how you know they're looking for middle eastern actors to who speak arabic for this movie she was doing and i just went oh i can't wait to tell her this so when i told her she when i did my scene and she just lit up she goes right after the workshop she goes okay okay give me your name and your phone number i'm going to call you tomorrow for an audition and i'm like thank you all right so what, now where did you did you speak middle eastern around was it farsi or uh, arabic, arabic arabic did you i mean because you came over at a young age mm-hmm. but in was it spoken in your house it was spoken in our house uh, my brother and i and my sister we could understand arabic because it was spoken in our house but we could not read or write or okay. speak it ourselves you know little phrases here and there so my father decided to the best way to learn our culture and our heritage is to actually send us over there so in 1982 at the age of 12 
I was sent back to Jordan oh, for okay. four years. Oh, you're four years? Four years between the ages of 12 and 16. You want to talk about a culture shock. Yeah, I never knew that. No, that's, <laughs> yeah. that's interesting to me. So yeah. you're, leaving, you're leaving Michigan. Yep. And then, and you don't remember Jordan. Now, are you the oldest? I'm the middle child. Now, did your older brother, sibling, did, yeah, my did older he brother. remember Jordan at all? Uh, very little bits and pieces, but not, you know. And my sister wasn't even born at the time. So they so took you out of school. They, they took us out of school. Go back. And mm-hmm. now, now, where do you, I mean, what do you, do you, do you just, do you, they send you to relatives? Yeah. Well, yeah, we stayed with relatives and then we got our own place and, uh, and yeah, but my, you guys got your own place. What was it just you kids? It was just the kids and my mom. Oh, my yeah, dad, my dad. No, I thought it was just like like a twelve year old and some kids just hanging out. Saying, what the hell? I said, God. It's like, what are you gonna do? So your mom and you goes, you go back. Yeah, we go and, back. And so, wh- yeah, what do you do then? What does oh it mean? Oh my God! I mean, we we were like literally taking out of one culture and placed into another. I mean, that fast. There was just no time to like, okay, let's stop and take a break. Let's take a breath here and all this. No, we were like thrown into school, thrown into this. Learn the language. You know, we had tutors come into the house, you know, to our home and teach us, you know, Arabic and all that stuff. But really, I mean, we, we couldn't keep up with the kids. Everything was in Arabic. So it's like gibberish to me. When I'm opening a book, I'm like, I can't read this. You know? right. So it was very, very, very trying time for all of us. Really. And you had to go to school. And, and I had and to go were, to school. And yeah. And now the people sit there and think, that, oh, you're, you're an American? I, yeah. I mean, did they probably sit there? Immediately. Immediately. Oh, look, it's the American. Oh, look, it's the American. Even though I look Arab, they're like, you're the American. You're the American. And you know, the relations between Yeah, no, so at that time, how was the political feeling? Oh my to, God, that for, was Beirut. For them toward, okay, no, but mm. no, for, but no, but for, the, uh, Jordan, no, it was fine. It was towards fine. Americans. Though. Yeah, it was, it was did, good. Were you picked on maybe because they said, "Oh, he's the American"? I was picked on because I was the American, okay. but only because of I was different to them. You know, I was a different person. Uh, I didn't speak Arabic. They made fun of me as I pronounced words, and you know, it, it's just uh, you know a form of bullying. But I survived it. You know, like I, bully, bully, <laughs> yeah, bully. <laughs> so you, you go there for four years. So, four years. So that 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 probably really just helped you really. Uh, it's so funny when I talk to people who one of my friends lived over in uh, Brazil uh-huh. or whatever, and you just really learn how different countries are in the fact that, you know, a lot of times the American way is not always the right way. Right, and, right. And you don't know that until you live somewhere else because we're so brought up on that. Sure. So you go back, so you came back. So now you speak fluent. Yeah, fluent Arabic. And, you know, I learned the language, learned how to read it, write it, and all, you know, everything. And, you know, I'm glad we went as a, at a young age. If you were to send me back now, forget it, you know. But <laughs> And it's funny is back then you're probably what the hell's going on, but then it actually helped you book your first movie. Yeah, absolutely. So you, what was the movie called? Uh, it was called Guardian. And now I'm, I'm looking at that's with John Terleski directed it. Yeah, John Terleski. That directed. name sounds so familiar. Yeah, very nice director actually. He was very good. Uh, Cinetel Films was the uh, production company. Uh, Cinetel, they were down on Sunset. Yeah, they were. Yeah, they looked at one of my scripts years yeah, ago. Did they really? <laughs> <laughs> it was so funny when I went and auditioned there, and they were like, "Wow, you know, you're great, awesome, you're you're in." You know, I'm like, "Thank you, thank you." Now, uh, was that sort of uh, once again intimidating to you because you were sitting there, you were you were basically, this is you know the game man you know you're 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 big leagues now you're in a hollywood movie it's yeah even though chicago is a big movie and you know and tommy lee jones is a big actor mm-hmm. and all but this is like the big league this is where you have to you have yeah. to hit it yeah were you, were you nervous very very nervous but excited at the same time and 
oh my God, I only been in LA for three months and I booked my first movie on my own, not even with my agent. Even my agent goes, wow, you did it on your own. And I said, like, yeah, in fact, you know, really didn't have to tell you, but <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but I'm going to tell you anyways. And, you know, I want you to negotiate for me, and which they did. They, he actually negotiated more money for me. It was great. But um, I was just excited to be on a movie set uh, in LA and it was fantastic. Mario Van Peebles uh, starred in it. And, uh, it, you know, it was just great. It was just fantastic. James Rewar. Okay, he's in everything now. Yeah, he was, he was in Sex in the City. He's in Dexter. Yep, yeah, Dexter. Yeah, but, like, he, was, he was a huge, he was like this huge actor. Always played a bad guy years mm -hmm, ago. Mm -hmm. And then his career cold out a little bit. Then all of a sudden he started getting like Sex in the City and then Dexter. And he's in, some, he's in a ton of crap now. He's yeah. like, he's like, he's cast as that... He's not the bad guy anymore. He's now he's like matured where he's like it's 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 very weird how you see the the scope if you look at his earlier parts to now how people right. just change. Oh. So okay, so you're doing you do the movie. Yeah. And now I'm looking at your resume. So what what what, what falls after that? Because you, you have a bunch of you have a bunch of shows like Las Vegas and right. West Wing and She yep. Spies, which I don't really know, but it sounds like a great She <laughs> Spies was on NBC. She Spies, yeah. And yeah. so so what what happens uh and well, you did Saving Jessica Lynch, which was uh that was the NBC. Yeah, so yeah. so what happens after the movie? Now, okay, after the movie, you know, I I I book another movie called The Princess and the Marine, which uh, was based on a true based on true events. The Marine that uh, took the uh, Bahraini princess from Bahrain and brought her to the states. You know, it was based on true events. That was my second TV movie. It was a, my second. Now, gig. is there a big difference between when you do a TV movie and mm. when you do a, a feature movie? I mean, it, is, is the set different, or is it just? Is there a different feel, or is it all like it's just a movie? I think a bigger catering service. <laughs> okay, that's, can't beat that. <laughs> but uh, no, I mean, you know, I think with a TV movie, yeah, it's it's shot like a TV show. But you know, movies a movie. You know, you have bigger trucks, bigger this. But I, you know, I see no difference. Uh, you know, we go, we do my thing, and we're gone. But uh, that was in 2000, and... Uh, so you're getting work. I, mean, I was working, yeah. I was working. Not as much, but working. I was booking this, I was booking that. And then, you know, then 9-11 happened. Right. And uh, that's, that changed the whole game, so right there. And uh, Now, was it... Did, did you feel casting directors resented you because of 9-11? Even though, I mean, it's not you. It's not, but did you have... No, they were that? the greatest. Let me tell you something. When when that happened, uh, my agent called me, uh, you know, asked me if I was okay and everything was fine. I hope nobody gave you any hard times or anything. Uh, I had friends that I haven't spoke to in years call me up and say, are you okay? Are you okay? So the, the outpour of support was wonderful. It was great. And even going to auditions, casting office, everybody was just very, very, very good to us and i have to point that out and but i thought for one moment after that happened i said i'll never work in this town again i thought it's over it's over no way no way an arab's gonna work in hollywood right and then all of a sudden you saw these movies and tv shows with terrorists and doing this and that and you know i started working unfortunately and you know unfortunately something terrible had to happen but then again i started Getting cast. Well, was were you getting roles as the terrorist? Yeah, all the time? absolutely. I was getting roles as the terrorist, and uh, like the West Wing. The West Wing. I was a Saudi uh, newscaster, so okay, that's cool. Uh, you know, that was cool. You know, I was like on the TV while you know the acting is going on. So I was just sort of like filler, if you will. But still, it's but it's, still, it's it was great. No, it's it was the West Wing. It's <laughs> the West Wing, of course. I mean, when I did Bad Company with Anthony Hopkins and Chris Rock, that was my big movie. That was in two thousand uh, March of two thousand. So. You know, it's funny. That sounds like it's. That sounds like the weirdest casting, Anthony Hopkins and Christopher Rock. It's like it's like it's like Chris Rock. Have you ever seen our brother? 
Oh, no, no, Christopher, I have not seen a brother. I seen a brother eating guacamole. <laughs> How many brothers eat guacamole, Mr. Hopkins? Do you eat a fala- do you eat a farfel bean with your Chianti or a motherfucking guacamole? <laughs> So, so you know, you know, it was like that, actually, when you now, think now, about was, it. Do you have a big part in it? Or? Yeah, I had a very so, good part in it. I played the uh, role of the assassin. I, I, my, my mission was to kill Chris Rock. And if those people who are familiar with the film, it's based, uh, the film was basically uh, Chris Rock, Anthony, Anthony Hopkins, working for the CIA. And his partner was Chris Rock's twin brother. And he dies in, you know, uh, he dies in action. So the CIA finds out that he has a twin brother living in the hood, played okay. by Chris Rock. Right. So you know they, you know, sort of like a, you know, they're training him to make him like his brother, his twin brother. So he was just, you know, so here we are thinking, you know, the bad guys. We're thinking, oh, it's him. So here I am going out after him and you know trying to kill him off. And, and it's directed by Joel Schumacher. Joel who's Schumacher, pretty big name, very big name. Now, what was it like working with him? I mean, now that must be a little intimidating because it's well, first of all, it's not only the cast are both, both very talented mm, guys. Right. Chris Rock's one of the funniest people out sure. there, and uh, Anthony Hopkins is Sir Anthony Hopkins, sure. and then Schumacher. Is it? Do you ever, as an actor? I mean, I know you 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 you're trained and you've been in a lot of stuff, but is there ever a time where you do get a little bit? Uh, intimidated because you're sitting i mean this is like it doesn't get bigger than those two guys and the director i mean it's not like it's not like okay i'm doing a small movie with one actor you you you, this is big league man you get you get a little starstruck and i i admit i was starstruck when i first met anthony hopkins and uh you know it was it was it's funny how we met i i real quick story of how we met but uh uh, I've seen him here and there, and we haven't really done our scene yet or anything like that. And it was about 6 a.m. I'm still getting over the jet lag from L.A. And here comes, oh, good morning, I'm on. I'm like, oh, my God, it's Anthony. Oh, hi, Anthony. How you doing? He goes, no, just call me Tony. And I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> he goes, I heard you're the newsman. And I'm like, excuse me? He goes, I heard you were the newsman. You know all about the news. I watch news 24 hours a day. Oh, yeah. I I didn't... oh, yeah. CNN, Fox News, MSNBC, knowledge is power. So... I want to, you know, I want to be able to know what's going on right. in the world. And, you know, I would tell all the cast and crew, you know, about, hey, you know, this was going on. This is what's going on. And then here comes Anthony Hopkins goes, hey, I want to know what's going on in the news today. And I tell him <laughs> it was funny. And that's how we met. Now, where'd you shoot it at? Oh, uh, New York. Okay. So and that was, you, was your first time in New my York City? My first time in New York City. So that must have been cool. Oh, it was the blast. Oh, my God. It was great. Now, where in New York? In Midtown? Uh, Midtown, yeah. Now, where Avenue you up? of the Americas. They put me up in the Soho District. It was okay, a, that's cool. Yeah. So they put you up in New York. Oh, yeah. So it's on the, you're getting paid. It's yep, on their paid. dime. Mm-hmm. You, get, you get fed. Yep. Yeah, that's awesome. Per diem. I mean, I didn't know what per diem was. <laughs> I know, that's just weird, because you're out of town. Now, did you get to uh, explore the city? A little bit, but not, you know, not a lot. I mean, again, I was, you know, New York for the first time, didn't know anybody, didn't know anything, and I said, you know what, just, just, you know, just stay within your neighborhood, and I I explored the neighborhood. That's what I did, and it was fantastic. It was just great. It's a a great city. Yeah. And I also saw you on Victorious. Yeah. And now that's a Nickelodeon show. Nickelodeon show. Did you tell me something about, like, they do background shots? I mean... Yes. I mean, because usually your acting job, they don't do a background check. No, they don't. Like, uh, the reason why they did a background check was because the cast was uh, some of the members of the cast were under eighteen, and by law they they wanted to make sure we didn't have a pedophile. Uh, yeah, yeah. So, That's weird. I mean, it's it's so. You, I mean, it's I understand for mm-hmm. for uh, insurance reasons stuff like that. Sure. But you never think. I mean, as an actor, especially, you probably are thinking. What? Ba- I mean, what? What a background check! It's like you're gonna maybe take a urine test too. It's like it must be weird. It was kind of weird at first, you know, because you're going into casting office and they said, "Okay, uh, you know, fill out this paperwork." And I'm like, "Why?" <laughs> and right. They, and they told me we got to do a background check on you. And I'm like, "Okay." 
And they said it's a formality, but it's by law because, again, some of the cast members were under 18. So I'm like, now, did, right. did you have scenes with the kids? Uh, yeah. No, a couple of them, yeah. Is that weird? Because, you, you know, working with kids, I mean, it's just, you don't have kids. I don't have kids. Right. You know, I mean, I don't interact with kids out here. Right. You know, I mean, I interact with my uh, Joanne's nephew when I see them, <laughs> but it's like, and his, her niece, but they're... You know, it just—it's a different world. It's like it's so different. It is. It is a different world with them. And you know, it, it's funny—is that most of the cast members were, you know, well into their thirties and forties. You know, lived in the eighties and what have you. And then you have like four or five of these, you know, series regular cast members who are between the ages of sixteen and nineteen. Right. You know? And you know, it's—it's it's funny. We're sitting in the green room. Real quick story. Uh, we had one of those. Uh, flip motorola phones the the plastic ones and the kid did not know what that was <laughs> that's uh, it's you know it, it's so amazing it, it's like you sit there and it's like kids now i mean in all honesty they don't know really what an eight track was they don't know they don't know what a cassette is so i said the other night the bartender at uh, one place i went to didn't know who bruce springsteen was that's right and i, I still have a problem with that yeah. and, and she's 23 wow. and i can see i mean it's like one of the certain things that you are going to know if i said oh do you know who you know elvis costello is maybe she won't know but she should know mm -hmm. but for that it's a spirit because it, it's just so different because the culture is different man yep. we had to we had to find stuff out we had to seek stuff out now you can just find i mean being a kid in college right now must be great i mean doing a term paper you can bump a term paper out and like a minute yeah you don't have to go to the library you don't have to go through decimal <laughs> system the microfiche index cards yeah remember that? it's just crazy so now i know you, you on your resume you're on the shield yeah now what was that i love that show i don't know did you watch that show before you were on it uh, i watched a couple episodes of it but i wasn't you know watching it religiously has but. there been any shows that you've auditioned for mm -hmm. or been on that you were a big fan of before you went for the audition oh yeah oh yeah i mean you know when i auditioned for uh, uh what was that lost when i got lost i mean i was the biggest fan of law i watched it religiously and to get an opportunity to audition for the and get cast in it that was fantastic so. now does that sit there do you, do you sort of sound like do you sort of feel like a doofus like going in going man i really love the show and you can't say it to him because he's like what the hell but i mean how does that does did you sit there and if you had not got that would have you been more bummed if you didn't get another role because you love the show so much i mean much? yeah i mean because you 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 when you love something you just want to be a part of that and i guess with lost i just w really loved the show and i wanted to be a part of it. i wanted to be able to tell everybody years from now and say hey i was on that tv show lost there i am you know now what but did you play in lost i played dr hedger um which is great i didn't have to play a terrorist role <laughs> it was wonderful that's good <laughs> it was wonderful that was, that was a co-star it was a co-starring role a really nice co-star role and uh and it was great. It was great. I, I got to meet Terry O'Quinn, and uh, it was a scene between Terry O'Quinn, who oh. played Locke, who played Locke in the shit. So I never watched Lost. Oh, you never watched Lost? I, never watched. <laughs> I, I know the one guy, though. The one guy from Lost is now on uh, Person of Interest. Today. Okay. Like, okay, him. Yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, did you shoot in Hawaii? Yeah, we shot in Hawaii. So they fly out to Hawaii. They flew me out to see, Hawaii. See, you can't, like, that's the thing. It's, that's what's cool. And had you been to Hawaii before? Never. So you, you threw, I mean, it's, no, it's through your acting. You actually, you've got to go to New York. Mm-hmm. And you've gotten to go to Hawaii. Hawaii. Now, how long are you in Hawaii for? Uh, six days. And so they put you up. They put me up for six days. That's good stuff. And man. they paid me per diem, and they paid me to do the job, and they, it was it was fantastic. And I got to explore Hawaii, so that was kind of nice too. Yeah, because you know? it's probably shot in the. But did did the 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 reg like the locals? Mm -hmm. 
were they aware that uh, this show was being shot oh, yeah. there? And, and oh, did they, yeah. they probably embraced you guys because it probably brought a lot of business. A lot of business. And in fact, you know, the reason, I think one big reason why Hawaii Five O is there right now is because they wanted to continue that kind of uh, business there because they were making a pretty decent living. It did contribute to the economy, obviously. So, Now, know. what was the show like? Did you have any, did you roll with checklists or no? No, scene? no, okay. no. Uh, my roles were with the uh, supporting cast. So, okay. uh, but yeah, it was, you know, the Shield was great. I mean, I, I enjoyed the Shield and uh, and I enjoyed my time there. It was great. Um, uh, I wish I had a bigger part, but it was it was a guest star role. But uh, you know, it was just a couple of scenes, and that's it. It's just it was a fun show to do. Actually, well, it's just cool because you look at this resume and you you've had some heavy hitting shows. I mean, mm-hmm. Shield, West Wing, a Jag. I mean, I, I whatever happened Twice. to Jag? <laughs> I don't know. That guy was like like the hot hot looking guy, and then all of a sudden, boom! I think he's on a show with ABC Family. I'm not sure though. It's just weird though because like yeah. that was a big hit. Yes, it was. Wasn't Mark Harmon on that? Mark Harmon's on NCIS. No, but wasn't he on Jag first? I think he was like uh, the, one maybe of the bosses. He did, maybe and, he did. One, I'm not I sure. I think his character left Jag, that same character, to go to NCIS. Oh, mate, yeah. But they just told this guy, you know, we don't need it. We, you're done. <laughs> Poor guy. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I hope he saved his money. So, now, how about commercials? Have you done many commercials? I, I've done one commercial. That was a Sprite that one? Was a, that was a 7-Up one with Maz Gibrani, yeah. And then what did you play in that? I played a terrorist. <laughs> now, what did Maz play? You played a terrorist. <laughs> well, who didn't play? Was there a white guy in the front you guys were terrorizing? No, or? no, it was... Uh, um, uh, Goffrey. Goffrey was the uh, spokesperson for 7-Up, the comedian Goffrey. The comedian Goffrey or Gilbert Goffrey? Yeah, I, no, no, not Gilbert Goffrey. His name's just... Just I'll tell you how many times I had sex up. Okay, so... You know, I would shoot him. <laughs> like, here, let me help him. So, uh, Goffrey, okay. So, yeah, it was like, it, the, the whole premise of the commercial was that the guy was, pr- the 7-Up spokesperson was promoting world diversity or world marketing, and then he gets caught by a bunch of Afghan uh, okay. Taliban people. And here we are, you know, with guns and dressed up like you know taliban fighters and you know again at the time it was right after about two months after 9-11 and even maz and i we looked at each other i said i don't know if this is gonna fly or not we went up to the producer and they said oh no we got it cleared and everything and then daniel pearl the journalist who got killed yes. in pakistan that killed the commercial it never aired okay oh, so that sucks because he's like yeah. that was a national soon yeah it was a national and so as soon as residuals. that happened those residuals are gone but then i ended up doing another commercial a nissan commercial and that stayed <laughs> now have you noticed i mean since 9 11 everything mm-hmm. i mean when you go out to audition mm-hmm. is there as many terrorist roles now or is there more have they opened up the spectrum where it's like you'll go out more as a doctor or you'll go out maybe as a businessman right. or you'll go out as a father because right. it's so funny how you know america's can be so stupid it's like there was a big problem with the cheerios commercial i don't know if you know about this but it was because the white mother's in the kitchen oh. and the little girl who's adorable goes is cheerios good for your heart and then mm-hmm. she runs in and her father who's african-american yes, is on the yes, and yeah. pours in the guy and wakes up like what the hell you know <laughs> she put her in his heart but there was people who were pissed about that it's oh. like it's like it's there there are guess what people there are multiracial couples put it this way most middle easterns in Arabic, they're not terrorists. A lot of them are doctors, yes. and I mean, they're police officers. Yeah, I mean, that's the thing. Is there, is there has been more casting for that now? I yes, there has been more casting for the non-terrorist roles, and I've noticed that the terrorist roles are are diminishing. You know, they're just fading away right now. I mean, I'm just saying at the height of 9/11 and right. everything in the war and everything, you know. It was just you, you. I tripped over terrorist roles. That's how many terrorist roles were out there. So, but now I see a lot more uh, openness as far as casting. And my agent makes it a point to send me out for those type of roles. You now, know, so. wasn't there a show? Did, weren't you a uh, translator? No. Uh, what the one Tim Martin Gleason was going to be on? Uh, 
Uh, let me think. Let me think. Uh, Did they bring you as an expert for your for Farsi or Arabic? Oh yeah, it was the uh, show called. Oh god, I forgot the name of the show. Um, I guess, undercovers. Okay. Undercovers. I played a. Uh, I didn't play. I was hired to be a dialects coach uh, for the stars. The two stars had to speak Arabic, so they called me into. You know, so how they, how did you how they find that? How did you get found for that gig? Oh, because uh, the casting director of the show also cast me in Alias and Lost, so okay. she knew I spoke Arabic, and she goes, "Hey, you want to come in and spend the day?" And you know, so what do you out? do as a dialect coach? Do you, just, you? Yeah, I just sit there. I'll I'll sit there with the stars and you know go through their lines and tell them how they pronounce Arabic, how they pronounce certain words, and this is how you say it, this is why you say it, and you know you just coach them. Okay. It's great. It was great. And you know the, uh, the 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 stars of the show, they were very grateful and very attentive. And you know, I'm like, wow, this could be something you know to do on the side. You know, right? I, yeah, that's good. That's yeah, a sure. good because they always need that. So now let's talk about your new project. Okay. And uh, and now tell people what it's called. Uh, the new project it's called the Devil Interviews. And, and now now and it's it's going to be a web series. Web series, yep. And you already, I I saw them. Uh, they were doing a table read in uh, Gordon Beers when I was watching football. I didn't want to bother them because I'm sitting there going, you know, I go up and there's the actor and the actress. But then Karen's there. I'm like, well, she's not in it, so maybe you know I can just say hi. Because if, if she wasn't there, I wouldn't even have came over. And then what happens in this town is then they'd be like, oh, Cooper's a dick. He didn't even come over and say hi. What the hell's wrong with him? But no, so but they sit there. So now it's you have six episodes written. Yeah. Right? Now now it's based on a. What's Lewis's last name? Uh, Pratt. Lewis, Lewis Pratt, Pratt, who is a guy who goes to Gordon Beers too, who's a writer and a novelist, mm -hmm. and and he had written a no he had written this as a novel. Yes, okay. yes he has. No, how did how did you guys get into even talking about that? About getting it from just I mean, you figure just talking over a beer right. to now where you have the whole Kickstarter campaign and you start shooting soon. Yeah. How did that whole dynamic happen? Okay, well, what happened was basically we were at Gordon Beers and hanging out like we always do, and. Uh, just, you know, I kept seeing Lou sitting over there, just, you know, dabbing at some kind of notebook. And, you know, one day, you know, just, you know, I kind of dismissed him. I saw him, hey, how you doing and all that stuff. And then one day I had to sit next to him and I said, hey, hey. He goes, oh, I know you. You know me. And I'm like, yeah, yeah. And come to find out, he's a Cubs fan. Come to find out, he's a Bears fan. He's a Chicago sports guy. Hey, I love the Bears. Where's he from? Guys. He's from Chicago. Okay. So when we, you know, we had this common ground, so we just started talking about Chicago and everything. Not even talking about the script or anything like that. And uh, about a month passes by, and I finally just went up to him and asked, I said, what are you doing? He goes, oh, I'm just writing. I wrote this novel, and now I'm, like, uh, taking it and breaking it down to a web series. I said, oh, okay, that's great. He goes, yeah, well, uh, the lead actor, he never got back to me and all that stuff, and I don't know what to do. And I said, well, cast me. That's it. Now, how long it, ago was that? This was uh, back in May. Okay, so, so it's really it's really kicked in fastly. Yeah, it's, it's kicked it's not, in fast. Because a lot of times it, people here aren't mm -hmm. proactive. I, right. I, just, I had a sketch comedy troupe that ran in Hollywood a few years back. Right. God, 15 years back, mm -hmm. 12 years. And uh, no one wanted, you know, everyone says they want to do it and they flake. And finally, you just have to say, okay, you know what? Here's the date. We're going to get it done. Sure. So you start talking to Lou, and you, so he's going to cast you. Yeah, I mean, he, he was just like, are you sure? He goes, you haven't even read the script. I said, look, I'm an actor. I like to work. You need an actor. I'm willing to work. Not knowing what the show was about, I had no idea what the show was it's about. Gay porn. <laughs> <laughs> he didn't. He goes, "What? I am the Iron Sheik, <laughs> exactly. The uh, Flesh Sheik of uh, Tehran." No. So, so okay. So you start talking. Yeah, we start talking, and he sends me the first script, a rough draft. And so he had the script written out. He had the first episode written out. 
Uh, the first three, I'm sorry. The first three right now, he was working on four, five, and six. So he has planned from the beginning to, for yes, six. So he has yes. an arc. So he's he's planned for that. He's planned for it. And he's planned another or two more volumes. This is just volume one. Okay. There's two more to go. But I read the first episode, and I turned the second page, and I was hooked. Hooked. Okay. Hooked. I'm like, I'm, I'm glad I said I was in. Now it's about <laughs> what? It is, the, uh, it is about the devil who, after 4,000 years, comes out of hiding. And, and he hosts Cooper Talk. And he's serious <laughs> on Cooper. I am the devil. No, so but, you, okay, uh, so you, you play the devil. I play the devil, and we have a very lovely co-star uh, actress named Tara Huntingwell, and she's playing the interviewer. Now, how did you find her? Uh, she's been. I've been friends with her for about over ten years, and uh, we've done a couple of short films together. And when I was approached with the script, and he was like, "You know, we need another actress," I said, "I got the perfect actress for you. We don't need another actor. We need an actress." And uh, and I said. Uh, I'm, I know this person, and I got her. Then I introduced uh, her to uh, Lou, and he just said, "Yep, yep, okay. that's her, that's her, that's her." <laughs> so you have these. You're looking at these the, the script, yep. and you're hooked. Yep. But then it's also like anything. You you have to you have to get it going. You have yeah. to. So you have the script, and you have this cast. Mm-hmm. Small cast, thank God. Yeah. You know, and so then, what do you do? Well, I mean, when I, you know, he wanted he you know, he wanted to film it. He just didn't know how. And I said, "Look, here's what we need to do. We need to write them all out, and we need to do read throughs. Just you and I. Forget about that other stuff first. Let's let's do it little baby steps. And that's what we did from May, June, July. All we did was read scripts, rewrite them, revise them, and all that stuff. He did most of the writing. I did most of the revisions. <laughs> yeah, because you, know, because you, you, you have, you don't, you're not really a writer. Well, kind of. I dabble in okay. it. But, you know, I've written a few screenplays and stuff on my own. But, I mean, writer by trade, no. I'm not and then, writer. But the thing is also, is it's, and it's one thing that happens a lot of times, mm-hmm. is the bottom line is you're still taking his baby, as they say. Exactly. And so you have to really watch how you recraft it mm-hmm. because people will be sitting there like the person may be like well no and then then it's it's, it's very hard to write with someone absolutely absolutely so, so you don't know but he did all the writing i did but, i did all the but was he fine know, with the revisions he was very fine with it in fact he encouraged it because i i actually told him i said you want somebody from the outside to read it so that like hey i don't understand what this line is why do you say this line why did we say that why would she would say that and you know for an actor that's gold when you're talking to the writer and asking that writer hey what did that what did you mean by writing that what did you mean i mean that's great that's that's gold to an actor so you know for the for the next three months that's what we did and then you know uh i introduced the actress to him tara and they meet and then you know my wife my wife kk who has years of stage management production under her belt came on board you know to be the the ad and the associate producer and then we said you know this is what we got to do we got to go to kickstarter and we got to raise funds we got to get a good crew you know, forget paying me, forget paying us. We need to get a good crew. And in order to get a good crew, you got to have money. Now, with Kickstarter, yep. how do you branch the awareness? Because there's so many projects on Kickstarter. Sure. How do you get the word out there? I mean, because through social media or what uh, do you do? Yeah, social media, Facebook, what have you. Also, word of mouth, you know, just tell people, hey, go on the Kickstarter uh, website. This is the keywords. This is how you do it. I printed out business cards. Uh, we went on social media, emails, uh walked all over the place hey check our stuff out and that's how it started it started with social media with facebook and then you know as it you know we had 30 days to raise the money so and uh which we did we made it right now you said you, you set your goal at a uh-huh. attainable goal yeah 
but did you I know you, you were 40% like the first two days the first two days we were at 39% now <laughs> now that must have really blown you away it must have shown that people actually believe in your work and then just to be that quickly I mean because people you know it's not times are easy these days yeah you know? it was great because we what we did is when we when we started the Kickstarter campaign we wanted to make it as professional as possible we went and shot a teaser trailer a three-minute teaser trailer while wow, we took photos we took you know we had a uh, uh, photo session we had people come in and actually do this for us and, uh, and and it was just fantastic and when people go on Kickstarter and they see this trailer and they see what the story's about and what the risks and tasks are people are going hey I'm into that I like that I liked it that a lot and you know that and I that's what we were excited about so uh, yeah I was surprised that the, we raised that that much that quickly but there were some... Oh, yeah, but you got the money. So now where do you go now? Where are we going on now? We go and hire the crew, and uh, we start filming. And you're going to shoot six episodes. Six episodes. Now, are you going to... I guess you're going to shoot them all in order, but because a lot of times people shoot things out. No, of we're order. going to shoot it in order, yep. Now, it's going to be... It's just... It's a basic... It's two actors, mm -hmm. and it's... What's the, what's the scene? The scene is that the... Like the scenery, I mean. Yeah. Oh, no. It's going to be like a setting, like, uh, you know, not so much as a Good Morning America kind of setting, but yeah, be like a little studio. You got lights okay. above you and all that so stuff. So it's an interview. Yeah. It's and basically it's an interview. interview. And, now, right. and now, in the script, how did the devil find this girl to do the interview? Oh, we don't, you'll know that as later. Okay. On. So, yeah, okay. Yeah, you yeah. do it. Okay. Yeah. yeah. And so, um, when, when do you start shooting? Uh, we're hopefully aiming for a mid-October shoot. Okay. So uh, it'll take us about three weeks to shoot it. And uh, yeah, right now as we speak, we're interviewing uh, DPs and um, sound engineers. And getting some good uh, prospects. We are getting some really good prospects. Probably we some weirdos, too. Yeah, yeah. some. <laughs> anything you do on Craigslist, you're going to get good, uh, yeah, bad. Yeah, you yeah, get yeah. the good, the bad, and the ugly. I mean, we got a couple of DPs that are Emmy award-winning DPs, and then we got some that are really out there. So, you know, so yeah. Yeah, we're uh, we're getting there. We're getting in the there. interview process, do you think you'll just know once? Because I think in a small product, mm -hmm. like, small production like this, I think you really have it all goes on. You know how you get along with the person. Do you think sure. you'll probably just know the person when they come in? You'll go, this guy jives with us because it's a, uh, it's a, um, you know, it's it's a project you put a lot of time sure, into, and you don't sure. want some dickhead sitting there and being like, you know, throwing it off, because you know how people get their attitude, egos and attitudes, right. and it's like, the bottom line is, you're, now you're directing it too, right? No, 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 I'm just I'm just a talent. On Lewis, Lewis directing it, okay. and uh, like I said, my wife KK, she's she's the AD on the show, and uh, she's going to be running the show, basically, you know, she's, but, you know, Lou's the director, and, uh, and you know, Lou, I have all the faith in the world with Lou, and I, I know he's going to direct us very well. And, you know, we got two two great, you know, I got a great scene partner. And, you know, not to toot my own horn, I'm, I'm pretty good at what I do. And uh, it's going to be fantastic. Uh, Tara and I have great chemistry. And uh, I think folks are going to be very pleased with the uh, final product. Cool. And when you get it out, if you're going to post one and then another, it's going to be... Yeah, it's going to be, on. we're going to post one. And, uh, or, you know, we were thinking maybe post two or maybe post the first three and do the net, you know, the final three to see, get get the interest going and you know hopefully that uh, we get it done soon so. okay so, so uh, now now how can people find out more about this project oh uh, they can go onto the facebook webpage, the devil <laughs> it's called the devil it's called the devil you'll find me right you'll see a picture of me and you know all the but it's out there uh you know you can go on kickstarter.com it's still up there it's called the devil interviews search word the devil interviews and you'll be able to watch the trailer you'll see how much money we've raised you'll see everything that's about the show it's still on kickstarter is it on who, YouTube? It's also on YouTube as well, the, the teaser trailer. You just type in the Devil Interviews teaser trailer. You'll see it right away. And it's very it's very quick. It's like a few minutes, right? 
Yeah, it's just three minutes, a little over three minutes. And it shows some it's interview. It's, it's, it's very nice. And then how about your uh, website? My website is www.amarderaisi.com. That's spelled A-M-M-A-R-D-A-R-A-I-S-E-H.com. Thank God you spelled it. Cause I, was like, <laughs> I can't even spell it. I can't even pronounce your name, but I've known you for years. Exactly. Anyway, I want to thank you for coming, Amar. This was a good time. Hey, and, my um, pleasure. I'll thank probably you. see you when I get back in town. Uh, having beers. Uh, yeah. Amar drinks the crown. He, he's a big crown drinker. <laughs> I'm a crown And when he came to my uh, last party, he danced in the kitchen. <laughs> he did an interpretive uh, improv dance, which is very, dance uh, of the seven very scary. So I want to thank you. And thank uh, people, you. check out his work. Check out his work. Go, go uh, check out on YouTube. Uh, check out the trailer. Also, for me, people, uh, email me. I love hearing emails. Uh, Cooper at Indy100.com. Tell me some guests you want to get. I'm trying. I'm chasing down Terry Nunn from Berlin. I think she's going to do the show. I got a bunch of different people coming in. Um, what else? Uh, coopertalk.net I have a bunch of episodes on there you can go check that out follow me on Twitter at coopertalk uh, you can see a lot of po- jokes I post you can see when I'm going to be in the Big Daddy Graham show in Philadelphia I'm always in there usually midnight on Thursdays in 94WYSP and WIP geez and also uh, iTunes Stitcher type of one word Cooper Talk and there's all the episodes and if you go to my fan book on Facebook uh, God, I'm out of it I hate this last minute if you go to my fan page on Facebook type in Cooper Talk and I have all past episodes up with the picture and so if you like the people click on the picture they can click the link to the show so thank you guys for listening uh, this Friday Marlton Comedy Cabaret 8 o'clock show remember I'm Steve Cooper I'm only as hip as my guests drink your water eat your veggies and take your vitamins have a good weekend